know that everyone here is a little on the drunker side everyone's been drinking and talking and laughing and all that good jazz so it's going to be very scattered <laughs> throughout the conversation how i step into the hot seat come on over here come on over here <laughs> how i was supposed to be on the podcast a long time ago a long time ago what oh switch okay okay Hawa, it's your first Black Girls Designers Brunch. How's your experience so far? I mean, I'm doing, it's really good. I'm having fun. A lot of different women. Yes. Doing a lot of great things. Absolutely. So I'm blessed to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Got to have you on the team for sure. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I am. Food is amazing. Oh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> I found out that Lanisa is low-key a bartender. <laughs> so I'm not making you a Hennessy drink anymore. I, but I like Hennessy. Hennessy's my favorite. But I do venture into other things. You hungry, Rico? Go ahead. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Today is going to be very, very organic and very, very out there and loud. Like the Fashion 500 podcast, it was very, very loud. So this is going to be on that same wave. Live podcast is what happens. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of background shit going on, but still a lot of good comments here. Still waiting on Zena and Lene to finish her food so she can get on this mic. The set. Come on. Get on the mic. Come on. We just talking. Just talking. We just talking. Talking about their experience at their first Black Girls Designer brunch. Go right ahead. At your house. At my house. Hi. Um. I'm Lissette. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lissette. I'm designer of Limited by Vision. I don't know what to say either. All right, well, this is, this is, uh, this is, well, okay, go ahead. You go. So now, my experience right now is um, I've stopped doing custom orders because I'm going to rebrand and do the type of clothing I want to do, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sporty. I'm into like the sporty chick look. And um, before I was just taking orders, anyone would ask me for an order, I would just do it. Like if someone wants a gown one day, I'm doing a gown. And the next day, someone wants a swimsuit, I'm doing that. So I got tired of that. So I just started working on, you know, rebranding and rejecting custom orders. And that's where I'm at now, trying to rebrand and start up like a website or something. Sample sale all the stuff I made in the past. Right, right, right. So awesome. How long have you been in business? Um, in business, well, I started sewing since 2004, mm-hmm. and I started my business in college, so mm-hmm. it was like tw- 2010. Okay. So awesome. I've been doing custom orders since then, and now it's like I'm over it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in the same space. I'm, I'm literally in the same space. I'm revamping as well, really taking back, like, my talent, you know, because a lot of times we... Um, it's our business, but it's it's kind of like it's ran by our clients yeah. because they're giving us what they want us to mm-hmm. do. So it kind of takes away from the creativity. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really in the same space. I'm I'm revamping my entire website. What my vision is, and getting back to what it is that I love to do. Because at the end of the day, to be honest, there was a point in time where I'm just like I'm just so over it. You know, I'm like so over fashion, but yeah. it's like I love it so much, so I can't leave it. So it's like really being in that, that, that. You love place. it because you want to do what you want to do. do. Like exactly. you want people to pay for what, what you, you making. Right. Like you, exactly. no, you're not telling me what I'm making. Right. You're gonna right. buy what I'm making, right. and if you don't want to buy it, then you're not my target. Right. Exactly. Right. We, exactly. So. We had that conversation when we were on the podcast. Yeah. We're both like. I'm over the custom <laughs> I'm so over it. I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of clients telling me what they want. Right. Yeah. But right. Then you feel like the damn the money's there. Right. Yeah, okay. that's the only money. thing. Right. <laughs> like, right. I was doing like, it for I money, but it's like, even on days where I feel like I need money, if I have a vacation coming, and I'm like, I should take this client, but I'm not. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I do it, it's like I'm not posting it. I'm not gonna right. document like, this. Yeah. Like this, this yeah. is a secret. <laughs> like, 100%. I, I feel you. Yeah. Are you live? So I'm gonna. So, so I'm 
gonna speak about um, I'm gonna speak about my experience at this very moment being in Lenise's home. Um, I think it's just dope the fact that uh, Lenise brought us all together because you know this the whole misconception about especially being in New York everything is so cutthroat here mm -hmm. but just to see a lot of women um, doing the same thing and after the same goals and being in the same yeah. room and sharing ideas and sharing experiences I think it's pretty dope on top of Lenise is a bomb cook so the food is, the food is good um, her, amazing, her space yeah. is awesome and I just want to say thank you to her for, for just opening so up homie. her space to us um, and, and, and really having a platform for for us to win and, and open up a, having a safe space for us to kind of, you know, vent because a lot of times people don't get it outside of this, mm -hmm. especially when you're really, really talented. People around you and family members, they see you, oh gosh, you know, they see you in a space when you're like, I'm tired of it, I want to do something else. They don't understand it. It's like, you want to do something else. What do you mean? This is what you do. So it's like really being in a room with people that get it is so refreshing and it's just like having that space to be like, you know what? F these clients, they're this, they're that. you know, because you don't, you have to, rem you have to have a level of professionalism, whatever it is that you're doing. Well, we but it's like being able to yeah. vent to each other is so great, and having somebody really understand where you're coming from. It's like, girl, I had that same exact client yesterday. I know who you're talking about. I know what that is. I know what that feel like. So I think it's super dope. I think Lenise is dope for even having that. It's not even a level of competition or anything like that. But it's just like you're sharing what you do. And I love also how we do in a group when you, like for me, if it's something that um, I can't do, I'll put it in a group. Or if someone is looking for an assistant, interns, whatever that is, I just, it's, it goes in the group. And I think that is so dope. It's nice that um, we hold each other down without competition. Right. You know, we all lean on each other as designers. Yeah. Oh, does anyone know how to do this? Right. Do like, you know what store I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, who I'm happy this is not live. I'm eating. And clearly, camera in my face. I'm sorry, I'm on live, guys. <laughs> no, but it's dope. Lenisa and their sweat and cooking. Shout out to her. Yeah, this by itself is really, really good. Lenisa, your food is amazing. This is my first, like, design. So what I was saying, uh, this group really helped me to embrace my title as a designer, as, an, as a creative. Uh, I crochet. So for me, I really always, I didn't think I had a talent until I stumbled on crochet. And I'm trying to find the bag I came here with. This is from me, yeah. And I'm trying to find the fur bag I came with. But just being in this group, it helped me embrace, like, no, what you're doing, you are a designer. And even first meeting you, the day we met at that brunch, like, you impart so much in me from, like, day one. And Lanise, and I just fell in love with this group. And even though I'm now meeting everyone, mostly everyone here for the first time, it's, like, that energy that's here. Like, energy feeds yeah. off of each other. Yeah. And I just love, love, love being here. And I love you guys for doing this in because you know people can be so stingy with who yeah. they are mm -hmm. and what yeah. they know yeah. and blah 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 but it's I never feel that when I'm around you guys so yeah. thank y'all <laughs> as a newbie <laughs> girl we came the same time right yes we met at the, the last brunch we yeah met on the podcast yeah feel like forever though <laughs> Man, where was I coming from? I think you were coming from Miami and New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I'm not even gonna tell you where, where, I, where I'm coming from now. I've been home for a little while, but I just saw you. She didn't come from somewhere, so I don't got to know. Oh. You did just come from somewhere. I saw you post.
I did a road trip before the, but the, so the last place I, I flew back in from New Orleans. And I think the funny thing is from the podcast I flew in from. New, I think it was New Orleans. I think you said you went to Miami. Then New Orleans, yeah, yeah, that was the same time. So I went from Miami to New Orleans and I came to the podcast. This time, so I went to. So my birthday was what? Almost a month ago, June twenty second. So I was in Miami for my birthday. And then I came back to New York, and then I flew to Colorado, and then I did a road trip. So I, I did a road trip from Colorado to Atlanta, because I will be living in Atlanta next month. What? You're moving? So I'm going to be both places. Um, You've heard it here first. So I'm keeping my office here. So I'm just going to I'm gonna do both. I'll be back and forth. Um, so we did the road trip from Colorado to Atlanta, um, stopped in a bunch of places, and then went to, from Atlanta, went to New Orleans, and then stopped in the, I know, right? It's crazy. No, so I'm, just today I was like, gosh, I just want to go back to Miami. It's just, Miami is very peaceful, and it's just, you know. Right, 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 because when I go, it's always downtime. Um, but yeah, I'm just, so for me, I'm just very grateful to be able to do that, um, because I put it on my, um, my, my vision board, and so vision boards are very real, energy is very real, law of attraction is very, very real, you just, you really have to know how to work that stuff, though, um, so I put it on my vision board in 2018 that I would travel within the states in 2019. And then I said 2020 I would travel the out the country. I would travel the world for a year straight. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but um, we so shall see. So being on vision board, right, where do you see yourself now that you're transitioning to being um, in, you said Atlanta? Atlanta, uh-huh. Now seeing yourself transition being in there. Like what can we expect from you on the 2019-20 vision board? Like what would you say you would want to accomplish now that you're going to be taking on a new venture okay. of Atlanta mm-hmm. as far as business as far as fashion as, as far as definitely business and fashion because the group that we're in yeah. but if, even if you want to share like personally like whatever you feel comfortable sharing um okay so let's see so business so 100% I want to like step it up 10 notches in business in Atlanta and what that looks like is um, clientele, you know, having a, a, a higher clientele, especially where I'll be living. Oh, yes, you better go ahead. The hostess with the most this, the hostess of night. All right. First of all, I looked and I saw a green dress. I look again now, I see like angels. Yeah, I'm like, what are To be continued, Lanice just walked in here with this amazing uh, ensemble on. So we had to, like, you know, put our attention there. So, <laughs> because the people can't see, so I have to tell them what's happening. <laughs> Lanice just came over here. So back, all right, this is Zena Lene. I'm back. Um, so I will answer your question. Um, on a business scale, I, I really would love to work with um, celebrity clientele. So what I'm doing is I'm moving... I'm moving my mobile boutique down to Atlanta. Um, so because it didn't work here in New York, I'm going to move it there. So the way that I'm, I, I look to have um, my business looking with that would be mobile. So I'll have in the mobile boutique, um, I want it to be where I can actually work in the boutique, you know, so I can do sewing, fittings, all of that. So I'm actually going to my, yeah, so that's the way that I want to set it up now. Have that, um, and I'm traveling to my, my clients. Because, you know, it's different in Atlanta and how it is here. It's so easy for clients to get to us here. So it's accessible. There's a train. There's what's public transportation. It's everywhere. 24 hours. Now, that mobile in New York. when you told me about it, I just loved it. I'm so, like, mad with you. Like, yeah, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to push that um, in Atlanta. And also have a, um, I want to have my clientele be different on a, on a higher scale. Um, celebrities, that would be great. Even if I can get, like, on movies and sets because you know that's big in Atlanta also um, looking to do those I know right that's what I, I was thinking I'm like oh gosh I need to Tyler Perry needs to become my friend I need to meet Mr. Tyler um, or Mr. Perry or hey Tyler <laughs> we can be friends um, so yeah so on the personal level um, so I move into Atlanta with my girlfriend um, we'll be living together so I just want us to just grow and be stronger um, 
you know, we are in love. We are madly in love. We are, we're fun. We we enjoy each other. It's easy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, so I'm I'm very much in love. Very much um, happy, and I just I just want to continue that. You know, I just want us to grow. Um, She's actually the reason why I'm moving to Atlanta. So the opportunity is it's really from her. So um, because that's where her next job is. So I'm excited. Like, you know, we have the place and everything. And the funny thing is, so one thing that I put on a vision board years ago, I've always said I wanted to live in a high-rise apartment. I was like, I want a high-rise apartment, floor-to-ceiling windows. Like, right, that right, is my right. dream apartment. That's what I want. And that's what I'm living in. And oh, God is good. That's so, so nice. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the this is the yes manifestation. Right. So and I like. Uh huh. That is so. Now dope. I was trying to get you to give her the mic. She was. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to talk on the mic. No, no, no. Just, so the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but what so. what we're seeing here is like what you just said, manifestation. And what you've been doing a good job of doing um doing so far is having these things on this vision board. And it's from them being on the vision board. Because it's one thing having stuff on a vision board. Yeah. And then nothing becomes of it. Because yeah. you, you've been grinding. I'm putting this on the vision board. Now I'm putting action behind it. I'm taking those step of faith behind it. You know leap, what you have you know? to believe, too. I learned from Zena. The first time I met Zena, she right. spoke to me about how um, she's all about crystals and all of that. Zena is into all of that. Girl, that's she can teach you how to meditate. Oh, really? Because I'm talking about this person and the bad energy. And she was like, you know what's really important? It's that everyone is talking about everything else. And you bring up this one person. Yes, I will And what you need to, to do. And I said yes girl Zena taught me how to center my energy yes. and I started being more aware of the what I put out yeah. to make sure I get back nothing but positivity so right, right. when I started doing that and it was maybe I'm gonna say maybe two or three months after we did the show I got my apartment oh wow yes. nice. I just started changing my energy and I started doing things differently and I'm like I gotta be positive that's a real thing that's a real thing people yeah. to realize that and they're like, oh, why is this happening to me? Your mindset, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. affirmations are real. How you're feeding your soul. Like, that stuff. I, and I'm I, learning that I now. I remember Zena saying, like, I can meditate on the train. And I'm like, what? <laughs> In New like, York City? Yeah. Like, the, she's like, I don't need quiet. I've been doing it for so long. I can sit on a train and I can meditate. And I'll just be in my zen. And I'm like, I need to get like you. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, that's one of the first things she, t when we were talking yeah. in the last brunch I was at. That was at. the first thing, conversation we had was about <laughs> No, because you're so impactful. No, you are. You're so positive. Like, you're yeah. so positive. Your energy, that's why I was like, you're so bubbly. Get on the mic. Like, your energy is just so amazing. And it, like, rubs off on the people you're around. Mm -hmm. So it makes us feel more like, you know, like we're stop. capable accomplishing and yes. hearing you accomplish yes. your visions too. Yes. It's like, oh, we can do this. This is my thing. Yes. <laughs> we're talking about you, yes, honey. We're and talking I'm about you. I'm meeting you, girl. So it's love. Yes, receive it. Take it in. Yes. Take it in. Take it in. <laughs> this, this day is in itself. It's, so, it's, it's on me. Um, just this, all of this, guys. It's all black, all black yes, female black designers, designers in this yes. room right now. I just wanna, <laughs> I just want y'all to see a room full of black female designers, which Changing is the narrative amazing. Of black women working together. Yes, working together, being there for each other, holding each other down. It's not a competition for any of us. Right. We help each other in so many ways. And it's just amazing. There are some missing. I don't know where everyone else is. Hopefully, everyone shows up. Ashley's coming? Oh, okay. Um, and it's just great. Anybody else want to come on the mic and talk about anything? There's, talk about any like, of their designs, anything they're doing in the future. Anything, anything, anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's Bring the conversation? What Bring was the conversation? Bring it to the mic. Oversexualization in the fashion industry. Bring the conversation. Oversexualization yes. in the fashion industry. Bring it to the podcast. Bring it to the podcast. Some good stuff y'all talking about. Black and Fashion Podcast is open to 
all discussions. So bring it over to the podcast. Let's what are we going to transition it. into, ladies? What were y'all talking about? So is it only in the fashion industry? Because when you said over-sexualization, I automatically went to over-sexualization of the black woman. Like, that's what I thought we were going with it. Yeah, that's Intro and all that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, my name is Vani or Vani McMillan. My brand is Vani McMillan Fashion Art Style. I'm a wardrobe stylist and a designer. Um, Stratum, yes, Missouri, honey. Um, I've been in New York for three years. <laughs> I studied with Michael Knight from Project Runway oh, for about five years. Oh yeah. Um, he died September, no, October 17th, 2017. I found out I was pregnant four days later. So I have a one-year-old now named Knight. Um, so yes, that's my that's my, my yeah, yeah that's my that's, that's that's my stinker guy. So um, that's a snor- short snippet story of my life. But to the conversation, we got into the topic of oversexualization because um, how most clothing doesn't normally fit black women's curves, and it's we all were just saying how I have a love-hate relationship with women loving their curves these days. I love that women love their curves, but I hate that women aren't still keeping it classy. You know, with, like, everybody in here is curvy in some shape, way, or form, and that's all because of our culture, you know what I'm saying, because of our black, you know, black background. We can't help it. We can't help it. But nobody in here looks over-sexualized or, you know, not like, not like a lady. I feel like nowadays everything is, has to be extra busty or, you know, extra assy or spandex or, Whatever, it's no no type of just keeping it. So can I play yeah. devil's advocate? Uh, uh, a ladylike, yes. Please. Can I play devil's advocate? Even the term ladylike, yeah. like why is there such, and and like I said, just playing devil's advocate because there are people going to be out there as women empowerment and right. my body, my I could do whatever. Absolutely. So why do we have to differentiate or use the term um, classy? Why do we have to say that now you're over-sexualizing and why isn't this is my comfort? Because I should have to see your nipples every time you put on something. Like, and I'm not saying, like, I don't mm-hmm. care if you have a bra on. Like, she have a bra on and she don't look like her titties are just dead smack in my face. Mm-hmm. But it's, 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 the, it's the fine line to me. Like, I've, okay, so for me, my personal opinion, my favorite era of fashion is the 50s. Because that's when I feel like black people got up and got dressed. No woman left the house without lipstick. You... Women were just classy. When you seen a black person, they were on just on point. Even men were in suits. Like it was just nice and clean. And I don't feel like we put the same type of effort mm-hmm. that we did back then, the way we get dressed now. And then um, would you say classy is subjective? Like the word classy itself, would you say it's subjective? Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, everybody's gonna have their own version of classy. That's right, right, my right, version. right. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm a busty chick, and I have, but I don't mind showing off my curves sometimes. Right. But I still keep it to some mystery. I don't have to have it so in your face. And so Princess brought up the good point, like everybody's almost cut the same now because we have plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's it. I was gonna, I was gonna piggyback off of what you were saying because even with where I work, everything. Not even just like New York or Brooklyn is getting gentrified. I feel like everything's getting gentrified, and it's all based off the black person. Mm-hmm. Or in my particular, in this particular conversation, it's the black woman. You're copying the black woman's body. Kim Kardashian is famous for making her body like the black woman's body. Right, now, right, the right. The is a lot stretchier and whatever. To these curves that we've been having since Jesus left. You right, 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 right. That we were told you could that we were not put have. in museums and in zoos for. You could not have. That's right. wrong. You can't look like that. Now, Talk about now, it. Now it's cool because now the white woman does it, and now because the white woman does it, and they can over-sexualize it. I feel like sometimes even black women we overdo it, and it's like you can still be that beautiful, that curvy, but still just keep just keep it a little bit more modest. I'm not saying you got to be completely covered like a Muslim. You better, you more sexy than the girl. <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not knocking the girls who do it. Like that's your steal, that's your steal. Like that's cool. Right. But it would just be nice for me to see. It's beautiful to come in, in a room. Where it's like what, 15 black women in here? Ain't nobody in here butt ass naked. Right, right. Who's on the tour? The two girls. It was like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody looks beautiful. Every, everybody in, in this thing got some type of major body part. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> 
She got okay, Lanise, we see you. But when you came in here, she has beautiful hair. She got hair. She got but ain't nobody in here looking crazy. And no, we see it poking. We see it. But ain't nobody. Nobody looks disrespectful. I just, I just wish. Bitch, and, and I, I feel like that mystery sells. Like, right. I feel like if we did more, if we did more of that, mm -hmm. just, just put a little bit more. It puts more swag and more finesse on you, in my opinion, to be just a little bit more like, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, Different and chill. You mean I like this all the goddamn time? I don't know. I just. Mm -hmm. To a restaurant like that's just like you're sitting on a public chair with your ass on the chair so uh-huh like, like you you can't just wear a mini skirt instead getting geared more towards women with curves but I do wish that they would even implement better be, better styling uh -huh. for women to still be beautiful women without looking like I'm overselling myself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I have so much more. So why do you think why do you think the women are the women that do that? Why do you think they feel the need to oversexualize themselves? Social media. Social media. Mm -hmm. And you and you can tell from, from from generation to generation how much social media influences that person. Like it's social media. Um I had I had a roommate when I first moved up here. Her name is Dr. Kira Gott. I gotta plug her. She's a, a professor, and she specifically teaches anthropology with the emphasis on the black woman in social media. It's the mm, dopest shit I ever that heard. That sounds in my life. dope. All she does I would is take teach that class. these white kids <laughs> about why you stole my black culture off of social media, and the reason why black girl you see these young black girls in their bedrooms twerking that's the only place she feels safe. And y'all capitalize off this shit to the mainstream. I was getting my hair braided yesterday, and they got the all the African videos, and I'm watching like the African videos, and they were the video was a setup of a, a wedding, and the women were on the ground, fully covered, what we call twerking, but that's the traditional dance. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, some white man that saw this shit, and it's like I'm gonna take this dance or whatever, I'm gonna make money off of it, but that's their heritage. You know right, I mean? right. They're tribal dances. It's a the internet's a beautiful thing, but it's a it's it's, it's a curse at the same time, and so with that. So the question was, do we feel like women or culture is over-sexualizing women? Say that one more time. No, I'm just repeating her question into the mic so because oh, okay. we're on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think it's both. I think because it's a choice. You don't have to, you know. I feel like when, when we were doing that, like twerking and videos and everything, it was disgusting to them. It was just like, oh, they're ghetto and, you know, girls wear colored hair. Like, I can't wear colored hair at work. But when they do it, it's like, oh, my God, let's trade her in. For Aisha Carey, you could have Aisha. Like, come on. Yeah. Right, right. But I, I wholeheartedly think everything is in this surface level of, well, it's this choice and she's doing it because she has this choice. But if we just dig deeper and realize, like, the, the, the social and the, the mental stigmas and all these, like, deeper things that's ingrained and, uh, and then the European beauty and like all these little things that people don't write brainwash so for me while we can say like she does have a choice but now if i've just been so trained on my beauty is in this twerking or my beauty isn't having this straight here why i do have this choice subconsciously i don't deep down embedded in me i don't have this choice because it's been ingrained in me you know uh-huh she coming to the mic. Give a, she coming down. Come on down. Price is right. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hi, I'm Mahdia, um, also known as Dia. Um, I've been on the Black and Fashion podcast twice. The last episode we did, we kind of kind of broke down uh, that desire to kind of like cover your body and brands just for validation. Um, so I think that was episode 25. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> check it out. But yeah, right. Check it out. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I was just saying in relation, in connection to what Nikita was saying earlier, um, I teach high school girls sewing and fashion um, up in, like in Harlem or whatever. Majority of my class are um, African students and they're young girls, I want to say 15, 16, maybe max. And Instagram, you know what I mean? It really drives all their beliefs and what they see as like right. norms, things they right. see. And I have them, it is, and I have them sketch the first 15 minutes of class. 
and what you see them sketching is a lot of like scantily clad, very, very, very curvy in like the hips and the butt area women. Like the top is like almost non-existent. The waist is this small. And then the hair is always like straight, very long, straight weave or a blunt cut. And then see-through tops and then leggings and then like very spandex outfits. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting that this is all y'all kind of see. And I try to encourage them to do other things and like, you know what I mean? But I see it. So what y'all are saying, where it's kind of like constantly in their vision, this is what they're seeing. Just like, but you what know was what? pushed down our throats, I think, at that age? I'm trying to remember. I feel like the same thing because when I started, when I started, how old are you? 28. So, okay, I'm 29. When I started at Fashion Industries and I started sketching, I was taking sketching classes, all of my girls were curvy. Yeah. All of my girls had straight hair. Yeah. All of the garments I would draw would have some type of cutout or yeah. belly out yeah. or something, yeah. some type of skin, skin showing <laughs> because I felt like that's what was in and that's mm-hmm. what sells. That's what people, that, I felt like that's what men want to see, you know? I think they think but I was too. young at the time as well. I was 13, 14 exactly. years old, 15 years old. I was in high school and I'm like, this is what they want to see. The yeah. shorts are extra short. Yes. Or you're drawing, yes. you're drawing yeah. the cleavage. cleavage. <laughs> you're drawing the cleavage, yep. you know, because this is what, you think they want to see. This is what we're taught. This is what we're brainwashed to yeah. think is sexy. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, think about when I was that age, I wanted to always go out the house wearing a crop top, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Short shorts. A skirt so short you couldn't bend over because that was the test before I left the house. I, I have to bend over and touch my No, this is... And I, but I this is... <laughs> and then so... But just off of what... I have a 14-year-old sister. Okay. Every shirt she wear, it's a crop top. Everything. Like, if Everything. my mom buys a full t-shirt, she's, she's cutting, cutting it, it into a crop so top. And both. because, you know, she's she's small. She's mm-hmm. a dancer. Mm-hmm. She has a dancer body. So she feels yeah. like, I'm going to show my stomach she because it's flat. Exactly. And, it, you know, and my mom sometimes, like, those shorts are too short. So even my yeah. mom make her put on pants, she's going to cut her yeah. shirt into a crop top. And the funny thing is, at that age, that's what I agree with you. And at that age, I it's because that's what we yeah. think is in. Oh, that's, and, there's Ashley. And then when I got older, I remember having a conversation with my mom where she finally broke it down to me and she's like listen because i was going out for new year's that was the first time i was going to a party in new york for new year's i was still like younger and we were living in jersey but i will never forget this i had an off the shoulder um dress hi ash rich <laughs> ash rich um, just walked in guys in the middle of the podcast dress, like spandex the back was out because i had a tattoo that i wanted to show off and then the dress was super short the heels were like probably five and a half almost six inches and my mom was like why do you need to show off the shoulders the cleavage the back and the legs and she's like here's a trick if you're going to be showing off cleavage make it be something longer down at the legs right and she was like even in you gotta balance it out yes i was like oh there is a way to be sexy without but a lot of women don't realize they can put on something like that. I think this looks amazing on you. Like you look so beautiful, this. But a lot of women don't feel they can put on something like this and be like, "I'm sexy." They don't see it. Yeah. So I did. I'm a. You know, no, but I think that like that, that's a very big thing. Like people only operate off what they see, yeah. and I feel like as designers, like our job is to to show people what they should see or what they should want. And I remember. I also, when I went to design school, I was, like, drawing all of these, like, my, my teacher called it lady who lunch outfits, you know, like, high-waisted skirts, heplums, pleated ruffles, like, all that stuff, and she was like, we don't need, oh, yeah, I was like, all that, okay, and she was like, we don't need another Marc Jacobs. That's literally what she said to me when she looked at my sketches. And I was like, with a dumb face, like, what? You know? But no, it wasn't. Because her idea was, why is this seam here? Why is this peplum here? Why is this here? This is going to cost you a million dollars, and you're going to be out of business. So it was very function-based. So I feel like as I started to think that way with my design, like even with my brand, it's like, I like things that are comfortable, but you still feel like a goddess in it. Or you're sexy. You're just showing like that balance. You're showing this, but you're covering this. Because I feel like a lot of the style, like these women who are out here, showing off everything it's because they don't know themselves they don't know they're like they don't know what to emanate so they have to use what they have to do it whereas this dress right here she ain't showing nothing but her swag and i feel like that's way more sexy you know what i mean so i feel like a lot of women like we're not empowered to in ourselves when it comes to styling ourselves it's about what how what's gonna get you laid what's gonna get you a man what's gonna get you cuffed as opposed to what's gonna and they don't even know what they want. Because, you know, you walk outside in, like, sweatpants and a, and a T-shirt, and they will still try to holler at you. So it's all a lie, and you need to be out here doing your thing because that's what's sexy. And I think that that's not what's being, being told. 
It's not. It's like how big can your hips be? How what's the proportion of your hips to your waist? It's like that's what people are thinking about as opposed to how can I show myself in a way that will make somebody want me when they didn't even know that they wanted me? Like, come on. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. I'm off. How did I get stuck with the mic when Zena Lene is supposed to be hosting? <laughs> I, I did want to piggyback off of what um what she said. Listen, child. I know I was saying Daya, and it's Dia. I was gonna say Daya, but it's Dia. Dollar every time when he looks like Daya. It's Madia, right? Madia. 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 Well, I, I, I want to say this. You have beautiful clothing. Um, my sister showed me some of your pieces that she pulled from you, and they were amazing. Hey, you have amazing pieces. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to piggyback off of what Adia said. Yes, I got it. Yes. <laughs> we, in here. we in here with the names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to get it today. Um, She made a... She made a statement that I thought was what pretty. Um, what you said about like what did we look at at our, at our age, and I feel like you can tell from generation to generation like what the standard of beauty was. Because Princess keeps saying Naomi Campbell for for her her age group and like my age group, Jada Pinkett, Aaliyah, uh, Holly Berry, and these were all naturally beautiful women with no curves, with no curves. You know what I'm saying? Was that was like, you know, I, I had to call them like the 1992 beauty. Like, that was the standard. You were just bomb and pretty as a black woman. That's just who you were. And then you, have you came out, right. And then you, you trickle down now with social media and all everything that's being projected. It's like, I don't know. You Hey, everyone. My name is Princess Dennis. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that, you know, it's because like I was telling the um, ladies earlier that um, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily care for my body because I was curvy at a young age. And my body type wasn't shown. Like it was mm. it was the Naomi's. It, it was slimmer women um, who were being shown and accepted. And then as this time comes where women are curvy and people are loving it, then you have women who are not naturally curvy feeling like I have to be curvy in order to be beautiful. And that doesn't make any sense because men will go after anything. <laughs> you, you, you don't have to fit a certain mold for, I mean, men cheat on women who are curvy yeah. with slim with women. Slim women. Right. That's the fact. So this idea of me feeling beautiful, I have to be curvy is unrealistic. So when do you think that switch came? When, when do you think that switch came and where do you think I mean, I, I don't know who said it earlier, but I do think it was with the Jennifer Lopez's and just mm. this idea of, and the Kim Kardashians, although there were already women who had that body type, it was never shown. Not Kim. Mm -hmm. Not Kim, let's not, yeah. <laughs> so Kim, Kim, Kim was at that point in time where um, societal like acceptance change of we're not liking the Aaliyahs and the... Um, Jada Pickens anymore. Yeah, so or the Halle Bear. The, the, the J-Lo's uh, J and the whatever. And then there's this meme that said, why, who made me think J-Lo's body was extremely, like, out of this world when I was younger, when it's uh, some regular shit? Like, it comes in comparison to black women in here. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. when we were younger, they were like, but even even now, if you look, Beyonce has no ass. Like, no, she has hips. She's hippie. She has very large hips. So from the front, it looks like she has an ass. But when you really look at Beyonce, no, you know what it is too? After the twins, Beyonce has an ass now. But like growing up, Beyonce didn't have no crazy ass. She had hips. And her shape, her waist was small, but her hips were crazy. And that made us feel like, I need to have an ass like that. And, and you well, don't. Maybe what it could be is she just had a regular body. Yeah. That, that just wasn't shown. Yeah. Because it wasn't day, like, shown. Like, J-Lo's body was more famous before Beyonce's Yeah, body. yeah. J-Lo always had. It was her or Beyonce. It wasn't nobody else up there yeah. talking about hips and ass. It was just J-Lo and just Because Maya was tiny. She's a tiny little thing. She's yeah. real yeah. tiny, kind of. I mean, but she, she had ass. She had a little bit of ass. She had ass. She had ass. Oh, that vegan diet. That vegan diet will get you like that. That vegan diet. <laughs> 
<laughs> you changed again. I mean, also music videos because I mean, the tip drill music video. Yeah, like no, but Rump Shaker, but they were still they were still regular girls. And tip drill. Okay, wait. Someone on my live said they wanted ass like Trina. Oh, I got an ass so big like the sun. <laughs> Trina had an ass so big like the sun. The reason why nobody cared about Trina because she was on some hood stuff. Yeah, that's true. Because Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce was a common black woman. Yeah. White gays. Like, yeah, right. white no, gays. I agree. I agree. I agree. Of course, that. she got a big ass. She's from the hood. Right. She's cleaning to us. I'm sorry, I don't. I, 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 I don't already said it. There's right. nothing wrong with curves. I think the problem is now that everybody, no matter what you built with, now feels like I need to have that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem with, it. and I get it because I am a naturally curvy woman, so I don't necessarily know what it feels like to not have it. But I do think that there's something off about everyone feeling like I need to have this one body type, and if I don't have this body type, I'm not. And it's really just the small waist, big hips, big ass. Right. A lot of women are not trying to get and their boobs done. Yeah. No, I don't feel not like no more. I, do. I would not give no anything. More. I would give everybody a piece of my tits if I could and y'all could have them. Have them. No, but there are women. I don't have it and I don't want it. No, but there are women, ladies, who have, you know, the pair shape, who have similar body types yeah. to me, but they want their bust to be equal Bigger. to their hip. Right. Because I, I think it's a proportion now. It's a proportion. So, because the hourglass is still being sold. Right. But I will say, like, like when you lay on a table and say, take them. But when you were saying, like, you know, you you've never experienced being smaller. I've experienced both sides from being a, a curvier girl. Like I, I was double this size growing up, and then I don't know what happened, but I lost thirty pounds, and I've been smaller. On like, and I'm just a petite woman in in general. So I feel like the comments that I've heard from both being both sizes is like it's frustrating for me because you know people who don't know where I'm from or where I've been, they like you don't eat. Why are you so skinny? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, honey, I used to be 160 pounds. Like I know when someone tells you that you need to suck it in, or you can't wear that top because your stomach too. You got you know I've had those comments too. So I feel like it's just like it's just flipped the script because there was once a time where nobody wanted no hips, no ass, no nothing. They yeah. wanted to be a bore, okay? True. She looked like a little yeah. boy, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and for some reason, <laughs> right, low-cut pants, like, you know? So I feel like it's just like, as opposed to just accepting everybody, people have gone from one in this to one in that and making and demonizing the other. And I mean, like, I just come at a time where you can never yeah, win. Like, and that's but what I feel like sometimes, you know? If you won, how would industry is like, what's... Monopolized off of it. Exactly. Because what I was going to say was think about this too. I mean, I think it's an interesting perspective that it obviously comes from, like you said, um, social media. That's one aspect of it. I think we said another aspect of it was just like this desire to want to look like the other culture, this desire to want to look like them and not be yourself. And then I think another part of it too, we're not considering is the fact that. In order for uh, an industry to make money, something has to be famous and be popularized. And it's like maybe they got to a point where they weren't able to make enough money off of the tomboy, Lisa Left Eye Lopez look, the Aaliyah look, you know what I mean? All these looks. So now let's push this curvy thing down their throats because then they'll start to buy from this company and they'll start to do this, which then is a trickle down and a domino effect into other companies making money, you know what I mean? Because we have to pull fashion into this. Because Fashion Nova yeah. wouldn't have had no business 10 years ago. Okay? Because think about when Nikki first came out and she was just spitting like crazy bars like it was on her like freestyle shit with all the big beats and stuff like that and then out of nowhere she, that's when she was the, the best Nikki. i agree and then out of nowhere it switched to nikki being this yeah, with yeah. the and then changes and all the and you're up. like what the the bottom line honestly for me uh personally i feel like the bottom line is money yeah you know it, it's money because and at one point it was about boobs you know, everybody wanted boobs and it, whatever. I mean, you can kind of think about even back to fashion, like with us and, and what sells. So right now, what's selling? Booties are selling. I mean, literally, people are going to buy butts. They're buying their butts. I mean, no shades to anybody. Like, do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, it's all about money to the people up top. 
You know, so right now, you have a lot of women that are selling their souls to this. They're selling their souls for likes. And at the end of the day, you're not getting anything from it. You may get a, um, you know, you may become one of those influencers and, you know, you start posting people's stuff and doing some partnerships with some people. You get a couple dollars here. But at the end of the day, if you're getting a couple dollars for doing that, guess what the people up there are really getting? You know, so it's like they know what to push. It's just like how they're fashion forecasters. It's forecasting with, with any and everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right now what's trending is a big butt. Like that's trending. Go so buy a butt to and go then sell right. So <laughs> when that's gonna last for a while, and then it's gonna go back to and then it's gonna go to something else. You know. So it's really what's the trend for now? What's gonna bring in money? And I, for me, you know, it, what sucks is um, a lot of people are gonna lose themselves along the way with with all that's happening with social media. But I mean, at the end of the day, this you have to learn. You know, you have to do this journey for you and um, some people it may take longer to learn themselves for others it might not be so long so I think that's why it's great for what we're doing and what we're pushing because we can you know put that awareness out there like you really don't have to sell your body or you don't have to sell your soul for likes on social media because at the end of the day what Cardi B said before she was Cardi B Cardi B got to her first million and was like yeah I got my first million followers thank you but I still can't pay my rent right yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean whether she was joking or not it was really like for real That's like real some people really have a million followers and they have absolutely no life outside of that you sit in front of the camera you make these videos you have all these followers you have no friends you know and you and a lot of these people are lonely but but this is the life that so many want so since we're on the social media thing and we touched on it for quite a while there. when i tell y'all the black and fashion podcast is lit today <laughs> and i didn't have to do no work <laughs> You cooked all that. It's food. lit, 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 lit. <laughs> you cooked. You cooked. Right, all right. So we're on the social media thing. What do you guys feel uh, about the Instagram taking away the like button? So before anyone answer, Instagram is taking away the like button. You cannot see. You cannot see the like. So you cannot see the like. So if you like my post and all y'all like it, and only I can see it, and my other followers cannot see it, right? So I, I saw. Okay, I'm not gonna say what I read because I kind of agree with it. But what do you guys think of that? All right. So I'll go first, and then I can. So for me, I feel like, well, two things. One, I think it kind of sucks for people that actually make money off of it because you know you you're you're actually taken away from. You know, people's bread and right, butter right. at the end of the day. And I feel like they're probably doing it, too, because they see that it's a free app and people are actually getting paid for doing it. So it's like, how can we get a piece of that? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like it, it sucks in that sense because, you know, it is somebody's bread and butter. Right. You know? Um, but and then but on the flip side of it, I feel like taking away a like button is not going to help people's self-esteem. Right. So whether or definitely not, not. it's just done. So whether you take away this like button or not, people are then people are then going to do something. Whether it's go on Insta Snap and say, "So what? I still got my five thousand likes today." You know, Twitter, whatever that looks you know? like. Take a screenshot of what they see and post it. People are gonna do whatever they. The damage is done. So you can take away the like button, do away with it if you want. But I feel like it's 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 already there. It, it has to be more than than that. Back to what we're talking about, as far as you know what people are doing and putting on social media, their bodies, selling their souls, and that kind of stuff. Um, it's already done, you know? So keep the like button, do away with it, whatever, it's it's there. Right. Um, but I think it will suck for those who actually make money off of it. Like, why are you messing up people's money? Like, right. You know, some people literally pay, you know, you pay people to post stuff, to advertise for these views, and that's the way that they see it. Like, I can see that, you know, this many people mm -hmm. liked my stuff, viewed my stuff. That's clout for people. Leave it. Like, that's my That's thing. a stat. That's a stat that brings so in the money. So anyone else, before I put my, um, not necessarily my own two cents, but something I read, anyone else has a say on how Instagram is doing away with the... Uh, you don't think was, it matters? I was in Ahead. PR for about two years. I worked in public relations. And I think for me, um, well, now I'm obviously in fashion. Right. So for me personally, like, I mean, you know how we are personal and then we're business. Personally, I 
am not affected either way by like likes and comments and things like that. I mm-hmm. actually have it so where I only post on like my personal story every Sunday to do a recap of my week, just because I don't care that much to be engaged. But right. as it pertains to business, we have to be engaged, right? right. Um, so that's the other side of me. And so coming from the PR world, Numbers are extremely important. Exactly. Like, I was just talking to Vani, and, like, that's how you pitch yourself. That's how you get all of that. Yeah. And Girl, like, you need to have your elevator speech. I suck at it when it comes to my designer page. I right. Yeah. I suck at everything when it And so, yeah. I suck at my But when... Right. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I recommend that. But I was going to say with that, it's like when you're in the PR world, it's like you have to know viewership. You have to know um, viewers per month. You have to know views. Like how many this this minute, this hour. Um, you have to check you insights. Check insights. So this is when you do PR. And then if so, if I'm doing public relations for you, then this is something that I have to bring a report to you. So you can know what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? It matters. Yeah, you need to know unique visitors per month, where your visitors are from, what regions they're coming from. Like, so for them to take that away, it seems insignificant to some people, but I think it still it still matters. You know what I mean? So I'm a I'm a I'm a piggyback off of um. You should just be a millionaire already, right? So I'm going to piggyback off a deal because I'm going to give you a little quick uh, experience I had. So even before you got the analytics came on Instagram, um, I used to get jobs based off of my likes for styling because magazines would pick me up. Like I, I came in on a different wave path than most stylists come in nowadays. Most stylists do test shoots with a photographer and then submit, submit the photos to the magazine. I came in with already pitching myself to magazines or the person that was going to be in the spread based off my Instagram numbers. People like me and my style, so you should like me too. So it would get me jobs, and it, which led to more jobs, more celebrities, more publications, whatever, whatever, whatever. So those numbers for me would matter. And it wasn't even like I had like a thousand likes. I might have a hundred, two hundred likes, but if a hundred or two people hundred liking you consistently, you must be doing something right. So if we're taking that number away for a business, personal, it shouldn't matter because you should like yourself. But when you fucking with my paper now, we got different, we got different conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, well, what do I, what do? They're probably going to start charging you to have your... like shown. Or it makes me question, are you, how the analytics, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got picked up a lot from them likes. So I'm, I'm, it tells you what everything no, it is. does. It, like, I'll look at it, and you know how you say, like, someone sent your picture to someone, or yeah. you saved your photo. Yeah. It's never my designs, they say, or sent it's always pictures of me. So, to, wait, wait, so, no, no, so, even, so even to that point, so even to that point, I never had two pages. I've always had one. Oh, I have two. With my personal and my brand. Because and they're both public. Because what I noticed was that I was selling myself. And people, all they wanted to buy was me. Whatever the fuck I was saying, whatever the fuck I was doing, my story seemed to be so great to whoever. Oh, it's this black girl out of Kansas City, Missouri. Everybody in the world in New York is like, well, black people in Missouri, yes, there's a shit ton of us out there. For everybody on these lives. You know what? That Just off you saying that, I my, have a friend who's a designer. He has a dope brand called Fair What You Don't Know. Shout out to Buddha. He told me one day. In order for you to make the money you're trying to make, you have to sell a lifestyle. You have to sell. You have to sell a lifestyle. He said, you have to sell a story. Let me tell you, he said you have to, to me, sell a story. He said, Quana, you make amazing pieces and you post them and you go about your business. Yeah. You have you don't to sell, sell a, a lifestyle. Story. So he was like, you don't go out in your clothes. You don't. Do I give you one better than that. And it's I give you one better than that. I, I work at sex. Uh-huh. All I do all day is, is style men's mannequins. And when I worked in Atlanta, I styled the women's mannequins. I've been doing visual 13 years. Mm-hmm. All visual merchandising needs is brainwashing. Right. I'm selling you a story so you can feel comfortable with right, it. Right, right, right. If I have no story, why the fuck would you buy this? Right. Same thing with Instagram. I'm selling my story. If I told you, not my whole story, but a, a good chunk of my story, you, everybody in here, I can feel confident would be like, I want to fuck with her. Yeah. Because my story is on some old crazy ass. I suck at this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> If you say, and, and if I can't, if I, 
But what I'm saying is for for, for the numbers, for every time if you're taking those numbers away, I can't I can't gauge who's like well, I might personally, but everybody else can't see. Well, if they liking it, well, maybe I should get into it too. Especially because we're on that bandwagon generation. You know what I mean? It's fucking up the money. Set in the mic. Okay, so so I hate social media. I really do. I've worked for it for different brands. I'm trying to do it for my own brand. All this stuff, but the reason why I like the fact that it's taking the likes away is that it makes your work that you're showing speak for itself. You don't have bandwagon people are just like, oh, this person has 3,000 likes, so let me just get on it. It's like, I'm really like fucking with this content, so I'm doing it. So that I feel like for me, as opposed to somebody just liking it because other people are liking it, they're looking at it because they don't know how well I'm doing. They don't know that I'm working out of my one-bedroom studio apartment. You know, because the content that I'm producing is way more expensive than that. But so, and my thing is like, but 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 do, does the likes? But my thing is, but do the likes matter about that? Like at the end of the day, regardless of people can. But my thing is, is 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 people seeing you? Is people if people seeing is. If you seeing the fact people are seeing you work in your studio, if that's why you're doing it, why are you doing it? Because my thing is, regardless of whether I got 100,000 likes or three likes, I'm still working out of my studio right, in my bedroom. Right. But my thing is, if you're messing with my content, you're fucking with my designs. I don't know if I can swear on this co- podcast. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, it's like cussing up a storm. But like, but for me, I'm just like, I'd rather know who's really fucking with my stuff because they fucking with my stuff. Not because they're on some bad bandwagon stuff. Because if I can still see my insights, if I can still see my reach, if I can still control that, and I have con- complete control of that with Instagram, I don't need some random Joe mode and know how many likes I'm getting because that can also count against me because maybe I'm not like my maybe my 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 followers ain't where my content is maybe my content is way better than who I'm reaching you know and some people will look and be like she only got 100 followers I ain't about to mess with that as opposed to they don't know what I'm working with, right. or who the haunted followers yeah. are, they can't go to that. They'll be like, dang, them pants are tight, I'm just about to like for that. And that's what I want, because that's what's gonna generate to sales. The amount, you can have 100,000 likes, and like Cardi B said, still can't pay your rent, but I can have 60 people that follow me heavy, paying all my rent, and they don't know, you know? No, I get it. You can't pitch yourself, I can't go pitch one on the brand right now, Without the analytics of yes, Instagram, and, and, that's and that's what I need. Who are you pitching to? But who are you pitching to? So many people don't know who they're. Who they're? I mean, who, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against yeah. having your like your target audience. I think that limits. If you can, yeah. so yeah. many you ways. Business plan and you got all of your dividends in there, and how people are going to get paid, and what the profit margin is going to be. All that Instagram shit goes out Exactly. I'm sorry, LC Apparel. LC Apparel Consultant has 800 followers on there, but I have three different investors based off my business plan. It has right. nothing to do with Instagram, I, I think, social I, media, nothing like that. I think it might be different because you you actually creating a product. For somebody who, who is the actual product, yeah. not creating the product, right. you need to be able to This is more yourself. so like those if you, for like influencers. influencers. What is an influencer? I'm getting out there. I'll answer it. I got it. She did it. Yeah, no. I'll get. I'll no. I'll. I'll. I'll give. I'll give. I'll give you a sub answer because I. Because I have worked with influencers. I either. I'm not gonna say the name or the or the thing I just did. I just started a major net. My first national ad campaign with a big brand for an influencer. She literally makes 10k on one brand a month because she pitched herself through goddamn Instagram analytics. Promoting the product. That's all an influencer is. It's somebody who promotes the product. If you can pitch yourself properly. But the, but what I'm saying is, and you don't have to have 10,000 followers is what I'm saying. Who? No, they don't have to have 10,000 followers. That's what we're saying. You have to be able to prove that you're consistent and people like you. You have to have a story. That's how this is working. If I can come and say, so I, I'll, I'll throw you mine right now. I'm a black girl from Kansas City, Missouri. I grew up in the hood. The ratio to make it to 33, where I'm from, is null and void. My dad's a retired NFL player, played for the Jets. My mom was literally didn't have shit, and now I was an attorney and a state rep, and she's been to jail for murder. 
That's my background. And I moved to Georgia with $200 and to New York with $1,000. I now have a one-year-old. That's seven different stories. That's seven different stories and my consistency on my likes. On top, on top of everybody else that my network involves. I have these celebrities, these famous designers, all these people that, that can vouch for me on my work and what I do. I have consistency on numbers for every time I post about, and my whole city backs me up. That, that it's just cons it's consistency. I can pitch myself to a brand and say, hey, I'm Vine McMillan. I want to work with y'all, and these are the people who are going to watch it. They will pay me a, however much money we negotiate for me to just to talk about their shit that fits my brand. Versus, Lanise has apparel. She has the actual product. I'm the product. So when she gets her stuff made for whatever designers make it, they need to get that shit to an influencer for that shit to really start getting the money. You might be the lifestyle. You are the product. You are the product. But you are your brand. Your brand is still an extension of you. I make a lot of products. You sure? I got one product. But Lenise, the thing is with you though, even though you make a whole lot of different things and you are in a different, a lot of different things, you still there's still consistency in everything that you do. Like boss comes up even if even in your you know, you have your nine to five job, but there is still consistent with fabric. I mean right. fashion. Right. You know, so it's like you're not all over the place. You know, you can come here it's just like what you just said, you just spit all of that stuff with business, even having us here. You know, like it's just certain things that you do. There's no confusion. There's really no confusion in what you're doing. You're very clear. You know, it's 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 very you're you're very clear in what you and what you're doing. So it's like with with what you're <laughs> so it's like what you're what you're doing the, the business you know the business aspect is it's, it's just clear you know right. so going back with um, I just want to be Oprah Winfrey no, no, shoot I, I want to be I'm like I just want to be Oprah Winfrey <laughs> So, I don't stick to one thing. Sorry. Oh, it's some tool up in there. I'm not. But I'm not. Right. It's a lifestyle brand because I don't I'm I don't just do one thing. Like I do. I do multiple things and they, I mean I make them all cohesive. I made all my logos cohesive. I try to bring everything back to like community, unity, and honestly black designers. LC Apparel Consultant mostly caters to black designers. The Black and Fashion Podcast caters to black designers. Like most of it is like a black designer kind of thing because that's just like my rim. But that's like my um what is the word I'm looking for? My common denominator with yeah. everything. So with yours, yours, think, you can just find your common denominator and you won't be all over the place. I make the money, right? I make the money because mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients. But then I see other designers that start after me or don't even sew as well as me. Or don't know how to make a pattern? Yeah. Or don't even shoot. No shades in none of y'all. I don't know who, who, who in this room make patterns or not. <laughs> I don't know in this room make patterns or not. But some of y'all ask, I know y'all can't make no patterns. <laughs> You go ahead, girl. Draping this pattern making too, okay? Okay, well, I can't do paper patterns. Okay. But I see other designers <laughs> do that don't even do as much as me, or I hear, like, oh, you see her inside, her finishes are hard. But then I'm like, how does she got her clothes on this person, that person? Or PR. That's why what That's why what she call it supposed to why. When you know your why, yeah. you can master anything. Aren't you? Like, you're, you're close to Brittany Maxi. Did you listen to her podcast when she did the Black and Fashion podcast? Yeah, that was a really she episode. talked about how designers don't invest in PR and y'all feel like y'all don't need it. That's how you get that product placement. Like, yeah, it's yeah. doing that PR. That's and that's what she said. She was just like, and you don't have a rack. And, right. And Brittany said another reason why black designers don't get placements is because you don't have a rack. Y'all are doing everything custom and you're not spending enough time on your collections and creating a rack for product placement. Now, I will be honest, and that's my issue. I don't have a rack. That's right. Fine. Yep. So that when you call me and say, because even when she put in the group that Miss, she wanted to pull, right. she pulls from Dia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because Dia got some shit. Okay. But I don't have a rack. That's a but you have, you but you have, have stuff though. I, I got a rack. rack. And she said to me, she was like, "How are you gonna have this?" And I'm like, "Honestly, I just when I moved, I threw a lot out and I gave a lot away. 
I do the same thing. I purge all the time. I do the same thing. But you want that placement? You need the goddamn rack. Maybe I don't think it's a rack, but it's actually a rack. Because it's just something that you made for yourself that people can pull. That's why. But it's still a rack. It's still a rack. Even stuff you make for yourself. All of my stuff are in suitcases. Right. Like that. Somebody can pull that and Zena made that for herself. Like that's but that's going on the rack. You can be like, if you saw this and you like it, I have the pattern lined up, and I can get it cut and something you like that. Yeah, my thing is, if you got any, my thing is, but that's that's all you need to have a rack. If you got a pattern lined up, get six fabrics, cut that at the same time, sis. Make a duplicate right then. Cut all them up, Yes. You got some, girl. If you got some ginga scissors, you can cut three or four of them motherfuckers at one time. Okay, I'm telling you right now. When you know it's a good one, lay it out. I you gotta go get mine sharpened. Get them sharpened and cut it. I know a trick. Sharpen anyone it on the bottom the of the ceramic mug. Wait, where? So if you don't have a sharpener, sharpen your scissors or knives on the bottom of the ceramic mug. Start duplicating it. But no, start. Quanta, start cutting them together. Like if you know it's a dope ass design and you know you will probably remake it, go ahead and just recut it right then. Recut it. Take it up the time. Girl, yeah, she, she lay it down. She does, um, she'll hit me and she'll hit me in advance. Like, oh, I need, I'm doing a shoot in three days. I need pieces. And I'm like, oh, three days? I can make 30 outfits in three days, honestly. Right. Well, damn. Days <laughs> All right. Good way, girl. two hours. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't start. Don't put me in this. Don't put me in All right, all right, all right. Talk about the magic hands. Y'all can keep talking, but the Black and Fashion podcast is over. <laughs> I'm only paying Rico for an hour, okay? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. Man. I'm staying on budget today, okay? <laughs> As I, thank you, ladies, all for being on the Black and Bastion podcast. It'll come out on Tuesday. Woo! I will put everybody's, I will put everybody's Instagram handle in the show notes. <laughs> when I promote it, I will put everybody in there because everybody was fucking talking on this. <laughs> I'm like, damn, it's a, it's a whole bunch of different voices. Who's all these women? <laughs> say stay black peace out you guys can keep up with me via all social media channels my handle is lenise collier you can find me on instagram facebook twitter pinterest you name it you can also check out my brand um, on facebook on twitter and on instagram under collier bateen i please feel free to send me messages, write comments, give me your feedback. I would love to hear from you guys. And once again, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Have a good one. My skin is black. What you looking My at? My skin is black. What you looking My at? My skin is black. What you looking My at? My skin is black. What you looking My at?